Shannon O'Dell is known as innovative, inspiring and committed to reaching out to struggling rural churches and mentoring marriages. He believes that your marriage is a mirror of your relationship with Christ. Shannon O'Dell is the author of Transforming Church in Rural America and founder of the marriage event Romance Uncensored. Please welcome to the stage, Shannon O'Dell. I love it. I love it. You guys are still clapping. I like that. What I want to know is this. How did you choose the spot you're sitting in right now? Don't answer out loud, but that's one of the most intriguing moments I have for a communicator. It's just thinking, I wonder how they chose to sit there. You know, because I choose seats at StubHub. I always want to sit close. But when I buy a ticket for my kids, you know what my kids' first question is? They're going to a concert or something. You know what they always ask? They're like, where's the seats? And so I always think. I also think why, uh, when I'm communicating, this is free of charge, by the way. Um, I always think, uh, how come we stand during the entire worship through song moment and sit during the preaching? I'm like, I'm going to start, I'm going to change it. We're going to sit during the singing, and we're going to stand during the preaching, bless God. No one liked that idea. Okay, I've been thinking about it. We may change it. I don't know. I want to give you a couple of uh, handles on how to have great sex. Matter of fact, the title, if you're a title uh, person, which I'm not, I I don't even know if I really have notes for this session, but we're going to do it anyway, uh, is this, Why Men Don't Have Sex. So that's your title. Why men don't have sex. Matter of fact, I have the honor of, you know, communicating to, I don't know how many mentor, uh, we probably every year mentor, I mean, not because we're like, hey, we're mentors, because I'm not a very good mentor. It's just people need marriage help, and church is such a great place for it. That's why you need to stay connected to a church. By the way, if you want a great marriage, marry your church. If you're a floater when it comes to church marriage, it's because you're a floater in your marriage. It's like, oh, I'm going to check out the next church. They got better coffee. I need something for my kids. No, you don't. You need to serve and get married to your church. Quit jumping around everywhere. It's like, yeah, the Lord's leading me otherwise. That, that, you know what that's Greek for? The conversation's over, and I'm using the God card. Just marry your church, bless God. You're not going to get any better. Now, it's different if you have a situation where there's moral issues, but even then, I have dear friends that went through one of the most moral disaster situations, a a church in Nashville, and they just were like, pastor left, but we're still serving like never before. Pastor made, I mean, just marry your church, and then get serious about being married. And if you want to be serious about being married, here's something that you need to do. You need to learn how to have great sex. You need to learn how to have great intimacy, is the way you would say it if you graduated a Baptist seminary, how to have great intimacy, which I did, but I like the word sex better. Matter of fact, there's a great theologian, a great writer theologian that deals with the issue of intimacy, and uh, here's what he penned. He penned this. There's things that you guess, and there's things that you know. There's boys you can trust and girls that you don't. There's little things you hide And little things that you show, sometimes you think you're going to get it, but you don't, and that's just the way it goes. The writer, theologian is George Michael, I want your sex. (laughs) I love that song. Anybody else? Play that right now. Just kidding. Don't really play that. But I love that song. I just thought that was some great theological lyricist stuff there for you. You didn't like it as much as I did. Okay, good. Well, let's read out of the Bible then, because this is 
what God's word says. Here's what I know about marriage mentoring. Three things every time they walk in. We're not having sex. We're battling our money. We can't communicate every time. Now, if I talk to every table here, the top three would be communication, sex, and it would be, it would be something along those lines in finances. Every time. Every time. It is like the unpardonable sin of marriage. Well, he spent money. He lied to me about money. He can't communicate. She can't communicate. She lied about money. Sexual issue, infidelity, blah, 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 blah. So let's learn how to have great sex. Let's see what the Bible says about sex. The Bible has a lot to say about sex. I absolutely love the Bible. There are some passages I've memorized. Most of them deal with sex. I've memorized those. But here's why. Because if God made it, it's worship. If God made it, it's worship. When you are sexually active with your spouse, it's worship. All the men said, amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to back this up scripturally because some of you think, oh, that's a neat idea. I love the Bible. I just want to read it, and I'm going to love, you're going to love this. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 through 5, it's so powerful. Here's what the scripture says. It is good for a man to have a wife, and every man said, that's where you say amen. I'm going to give you another chance because you guys are bombing right here, all right? <laughs> it's good for a man to have a wife, and all the men said, amen. amen. All right, I like the guy that was early. That's good. And for a woman to have a husband, and all the women said, Sexual drives are strong, and I said amen, but marriage, look at this, is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. 1 Corinthians 7, 3. Some of you are like, that's actually in the Bible. Write it down. 3 through 5. I'm going to read the rest of it. Read it to you. I'll paraphrase the message. It's not a translation. It's a paraphrase. Eugene Peterson, his son came to him and he's nine years old. And he's like, what do you read in the Bible, son? Do you like the Bible? And he went to his dad and just said, dad, I don't understand the Bible. So Eugene Peterson, being a Greek scholar, one of the few, he's actually a, a novum literalist. And I'm giving you all this because you need to know what you read when you read it and you're scrolling down through it. The paraphrase is so powerful. He, his son, nine-year-old son, was, was like, I don't get it. He's a, he's a novum literalist. He's a Greek. He's one of the few that actually speak ancient Greek. I've been to Greece. They don't speak ancient Greek. He speaks ancient Greek. And he, so for his birthday, his 10th birthday, he wrote him uh, from the Greek, a paraphrase to his son, four gospels, and gave it to his son, his 10th birthday. Those tracked through his church and then tracked through the world. And as you know now, we have the message. It's a paraphrase. So he wrote this to his son, hopefully not when he was 10, but this is the paraphrase. And then he goes on. It says, the marriage bed must be a place. Look at this. That's mutual. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife. This is the Bible. That's You know, let me finish this before I get upset. The wife <laughs> seeking to satisfy her husband. Satisfy him. Satisfy her. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other where they're in the bed or out of the bed. Abstaining from sex is permissible. That's where most people like put pause and then get rid of the rest of the passage. Context, here we go, context. Abstaining from sex is permissible for a period of time if we both agree to it for one of two purposes, praying or fasting. He's like, why aren't we having sex tonight, babe? I'm praying. And the husband's saying, well, pray fast. 
Finally got him to say amen. Still not taking notes, but he said amen. The, the truth is this. We use sex as a tool of somehow created manipulation. Like, well, you know, if I let him, he'd have it every night. Here's my question. Why not? Why, I, I, I mean, I don't think you man enough to have it every night, number one. Try it. I know I'm not. I mean, I'm the man, but I ain't that good. I mean, every night, try it seven nights in a row, just see what happens. You won't be able to do it, I guarantee you. Well, yeah, Will, try it. I'm not saying like Facebook it or anything, but just try it. <laughs> Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in the bed, abstaining from sex is possible for prayer and fasting, but only for such times. Why? Why is it so important? Why is sex so important? How many of you want to protect your marriage? How many of you want to protect your marriage? Okay, have sex. That's where you still keep clapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have sex, amen. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, you just shouldn't be an animal. You just shouldn't be a horn dog. You just shouldn't be this, that, blah, 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 this, that. Let me tell you how to protect your man, how to protect your woman. Have sex. That's what the Bible says. It says, then come back together again. Satan has an ingenious way of tempting us when we least expect it. Uh, Pastor Joe said so, so beautifully the issue of pornography. I, I want to just, I don't want to re-preach their awesome message, but I do want to say this. You know why most men are addicted to pornography? Because every picture of pornography, or women, and we deal with women who are addicted uh, and deal with addictions pornographically as well. You know why? Because every pornographic image says this, I want you. And when they come home, it's I don't want you. And it's shame. So I'm going to go somewhere where they do want me. And then the enemy's got you trapped. I'm just saying this. Don't make the negative out of it. Make it a positive. Have sex. You're like, well, Shannon, I'm in my 60s. Well, all I know is, I love the, how many love the Bible? Raise your hand. I'm, yes, I'm setting you up. How many love the Bible? Raise your hand. Okay, here's the deal. Well, Sarah had a child at 99. Don't give me no age problems. And she didn't have Viagra. Get you a blue pill. Get after it. Matter of fact, the Pfizer place is just right down the road down here. Go in there. And, and here's the thing about great sex. It's not always intercourse. It should be sexual enjoyment to whatever level. And God's so creative. I absolutely love how creative he is. And it's important that you engage in great sex. Men, why don't you have great sex? Why are you missing out on the pursuant? Let me ask you this question. Did you have more sex before you got married than you do regularly now? Some of you are adding it up. You know, I have couples. <laughs> I have couples that walk in my office and they're like, Shannon, he cheated on me. <laughs> yeah, he just, I can't believe he pulled his pants down for somebody else and this and that. And, and I mean, immediately, which I'm a terrible mentor, I'm a terrible counselor, I'm telling you up front. I just, the first thing out of my mouth, I don't pray for him, I don't read scripture, I don't cry with him, I just look right at him and say, Did you have sex prior to marriage? Well, what does that have to do with anything? Here's the thing. Why are you expecting more out of a man that would pull your panties down before you got married than pull someone else's panties down when he got married? 
<laughs> really? You think he's Mr. Macho Moral now? He dropped your panties before you got married? Now, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just saying this. Live in reality. Live in reality. Forgive, move past it, and then make sure that you're having more sex now on a regular basis, by average, based on time that you dated. Then when you're married, make sure you're having more than you did then. You're like, well, Shannon, it's different. We're more mature. You know, we, we have different ways of expressing our love. Don't lie to yourself. Don't make crap up that it isn't real. Don't, yeah, we're just, you know, we don't need all that. We're just not like little rabbits. You would be if you got back into great intimacy. Here's why I know this. When I'm pursuing my groom, Jesus, and I'm diving into the word, and I'm passionate about prayer, and I'm fasting, and I'm leading people to Jesus, it's so contagious. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. And I can find for most men who aren't having their needs met by their wife that they're finding more somewhere else. Find it in your relationship with your bride. I want to give you some tips, men, on how you can get more sex. Song of Solomon chapter 5, I love Song of Solomon chapter 5. I want to read to you just tips on how, uh, at least the scripture is indicating, you should be desiring to be uh, more like, because we love the Bible. Song of Solomon chapter 5 says this. It gives a description of what a, a godly man should look like. It's verse 14, in case you want to know. Here's what it says. It says, his face is rugged. I love this. I love that. I love the Bible. It says, <laughs> it says his beard smells like sage. Is that good or what? Talk about essential oil sale right there. I'm like, hallelujah. I watched a lady come up to my, she's all into essential oils, which I'm anti-essential oils. I'm like, if you sell them, bless God. I hope God blesses you so you can tithe more, but I think they're absolutely <laughs> stupid. And, uh, my, I mean, it's like, yeah, rub this, you won't have a headache. And my, my wife says, lady, so, she goes, you need to let Shannon try. This is an oil that, you know, like will help him with his whatever. And she's like, I don't know what that is, but he don't need any more help. <laughs> and they're just selling all of it. But they need a sage oil. I can't even grow a beard. Maybe I can do it on my armpit hair. My armpit hair smells like sage. It says, I, I love this. His voice, his words, warm and reassuring. Yeah, if you want more sex, get some warm words, some reassuring words. We'll talk about it in a second. Fine muscles ripple beneath his cellulite gut. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> I'm just helping some people out here, right? It does say below his skin. So at least, uh, you know, we got a little bit of room there. And then it says quiet and beautiful. Is that your ripply abs? Can I say this too? I, I know that others have different opinions on this and you may not agree with this. And I know people are like, well, you're just trying to make me into blah, blah. Here, here's the thing. I, I literally married Barbie, literally. I mean, she's been 119 pounds-ish for our entire marriage. I think when she got pregnant, she went to 119.8. <laughs> I mean, I have, she, she grabbed, she thought she grabbed the Ken box and she grabbed the Big Ben box. I know that's what happened on that deal. <laughs> I'm never going to be skinny mini. I'm never going to be, but I'm going to be the best me I can possibly be for the cause of Christ. Now, I know what some of you are saying. It's like, well, I'm not ever changing. I have a dear friend, Shelby. I married him. He was 368 pounds. Today, he's 181. He's six foot one inch. I mean, he's a big guy. But you know what he did? He said, I got sick and tired of being tired, and I got sick and tired of my wife looking at me in a different way. Now, I'm not saying... I'm not saying you got to be skinny mini. I will never be skinny mini. 
but you can be the best you that you can possibly be. Ripples. It says his torso is a work of a sculptor. Hallelujah. I love this. Hard and smooth. Maybe you should wax. I don't know. Hard and smooth as ivory. Now, don't get mad at me. You're some of you so mad at me right now. This is the holy word of God. <laughs> and can I tell you this real quick? Hydroxycut don't work. <laughs> so, I mean, that picture on the bottle, I took 10 pills a day. It never looked like that. <laughs> like, God, when do I get that picture? Hydroxycut don't work. Uh, it says he stands tall like a cedar. And that's not talking about his height. We'll get into that here in a little bit. If you don't like the Bible, I'm just saying. I mean, the Bible is good. Strong and deep-rooted, a rugged mountain of a man. Look at this. Aromatic with wood and stone. Stone cologne. Come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. His words are kisses. His kisses words. What some of y'all should have done is just not told her it was a Bible and just quote this to her. She would have loved it. Everything about him delights me, thrills me through and through. You want to have great intimacy, ladies, can I just help you to help him? Men, if you want to have more sex, here's just some basic tools in the next, oh, 17 minutes that I've got here. I just want to give you some basic tools. Number one is this, ladies, I exhort you and men to allow your wife to train you to train you. If you're taking notes, let her train you. Humble yourself and let your wife train you. Now, here's what you're going to say to her. He's like, why are you trying to change me? Why are you trying to make me like so-and-so? Here's the thing. Ladies, do it in a way with love. Do it in a way. But I want to encourage you, men, open your ears, open your eyes, and let your wife train you so that you can have greater intimacy. What's crazy is this. I will walk up to people, and I'm going to sound like I'm some kind of weirdo here. But I will walk up to people. Matter of fact, I, there's a gentleman. I'll just use his first name. His name's Dean. And I remember walking straight up to him. He'd lost probably 21 pounds, but I could see the disconnect in his relationship. And most of the times when I see that in a marriage, I'll find out what their marriage is like. And sure enough, he was losing weight for someone else. I, I will see ladies that look nicer going to work, working for someone and, and desiring their approval more than they'll dress nice for their husbands. So what I'm saying to you is beat the enemy at his own game and let your wife train you. My wife, as I mentioned last night, I don't want to go into all those details, but my wife is training me. She's telling me how not only physically to look, but also how to touch. She's training me how to touch. One of the things that she's been training me for the last year is how to be tender. Because I'm not a tender person. I'm not naturally tender. I mean, I'm a good gamer. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I want to slap on the butt, a slap on the back, a high five. I mean, I'd rather my wife punch me in the gut and go, yes, than I would, you know, some cuddle hug. I just, I'm that, that's who I am. That's the kind of guy I am. And uh, she's training me, though, on how to be tender. She's training me on how to be more of a teaser, to let the touch of desire move forward. And I want to encourage you to let your wife train you, really in three areas, tending, bending, 
and mending. And what I mean is tending, the tenderness, bending. In other words, make sure that I am bending to her desires, especially when it comes to rough grabs, uh, throws out of nowhere, um, just picking her up and shaking her and different things like that. I, I mean, I know it sounds weird. It's very loving. I've never in any way uh, touched my wife in anger. I've never done that. I've never, I, I told Mike, I've never thrown a plate. If I had thrown a plate, I mean, our marriage would be over. We're just in a different world. But I have um, had issues before where I've raised my voice, which is much, in my mind, worse than throwing a plate. And then she would, uh, by God's grace, teach me how to mend that and make right the emotional issues. Because before you can have great enjoyment physically, you've got to have great enjoyment emotionally. And how do you do that? Tend, bend, mend. I would write that down. Tend me, bend me, mend me. I want so that I can have great intimacy. I want to have great intimacy. I want to have great intimacy. It's a reflection. It's imperative. And Cindy, this last year, is teaching me. Not only training me personally, she's also training my time. Write it down. That's point number two if you're a note taker. Train your time. Calendar time for great intimacy. You got to calendar it. You're not going to have great intimacy just rolling over going, hey, baby, you want to get frisky? Now, those times are great, too. I know that. But you need to calendar it. I mean, Cindy's been training me, you know, to communicate this in an early fashion. Make time, mark time, and look for great intimacy where we'll say, hey, tonight, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this, let's add this, let's train our time, and she'll train, and I encourage you to start early. I mentioned last night, I have emojis that I send to my wife. I have a couple that are really awesome homemade emojis. They're great. And you can make those now, and you can save them, and then when you type certain keywords, they come up automatically in your cell phones, and if you don't know how to do that, I, I want to help you, but I'm going to have to charge for that because that's impressive. And um, I, I encourage you, though, find ways, tell her, get ahead of it, make sure you're letting her know early in the morning, and make sure also that your devices don't have all your texts where your kids can open them up while they're playing games. Make sure that you're going to look for that. Also, for those of you that no matter what your schedule is, look for that set bedtime. If she's coming home and you're leaving for work, look for a 30-minute, 45-minute window where you're still going to bed together, where you lay down together, pray together. I mean, I have tons of friends that are shift workers. They do MRIs. They work at hospitals. They, they work at uh, factories, so forth and so on. Find 45 minutes. Find an hour where you're laying down together with whoever's going to sleep, whether it's morning or night. Lay down together. Have time together. Set time together. And make sure that you're willing to make the best out of it. Because the reality is this. I'm 47 years old. I've been married 25 years. And when I first got married, I thought sex every time had to be a five-star restaurant. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's going to be full-course meal, and we're going to have lights, and the candles, and the this, and the music. And uh, we weren't really the Barry White generation, but maybe a little bit of Luther Vandross or something, you know what I mean? I don't know what they listen to now. I know it ain't Cardi B. God help somebody. I mean, I respect anybody who does well musically, but, I mean, you ain't listening to that very long. But you, you, whatever the generation is, whatever the, you know, music is, you get into it, it's not always a five-course meal. Every time doesn't have to be a scene out of, as I mentioned last night, The Notebook, which is the greatest movie ever. Watch, if you've not watched The Notebook, 
watch it during that one hour bedtime and get, I mean, it is special. It's a special, special movie. Sometimes though, it's not five stars. Sometimes it's just a family restaurant. You know what I mean? Just go the family restaurant vibe. Nothing special, but you're gonna get some good food. You know what I'm saying? And you might need to create some categories. Just like, you know what, I'm, it's a five star tonight. Uh, no, we're gonna go Golden Corral. Tonight's gonna be Golden Corral. We're just gonna kinda go buffet to see what we like. Just take a little bit of here or there. Oh, I'm gonna go with that. Let's, let's have a little more of that. And you gotta be honest about it because if you don't communicate expectations sexually, you'll be frustrated sexually. Communicate. People ask me all the time, if I did Q&A right now, here's the first question. What is legal, I'm using that term, legal sexually in marriage? And here's the answer, at least according to the scripture. Anything that you two both feel comfortable doing together that is in line with the word of God. It's not bringing in entertainment, inappropriate. It's not bringing in, you know, anyone else, any of those kind of things. But I encourage you to be as creative as you possibly can. I had a friend who was like, man, I, I appreciated your word. And they, uh, and so he wanted to be a little bit creative. And, uh, and this is a true story, by the way. And uh, we'll just call him Jimmy. And Jimmy uh, decided, you know, his wife, was, he's like, hey, I want to be a little bit creative. He walks into the bedroom, and uh, he has nothing on but a cape. And, uh, and she's like, oh, wow, superhero. And uh, so she, <laughs> so she, so she uh, you know, was like, what, what do you want me to do? And she's like, undress, I got some handcuffs. So he cuffed her to the bed. He puts on a cape, gets on top of the dresser. And he's like, I'm going to save you. I'm going to say this again. This is a true story. God help poor Jimmy. And so he gets on the dresser and he jumps off the thing. He forgets this. He's got the ceiling fan on. Takes off cold cock. Boom, down, gone, passes out. As he hit the ceiling fan, his head went back, hit the dresser again. He's out, butt naked. She's... And their creativity turned into the neighbors coming to help them. And the, and the paramedics. And uh, the only thing he was worried about is how small it was when the paramedics got there. <laughs> she was like, really small. <laughs> it's cold, the fan was on. That's not good. Now, be as creative as you want and turn the ceiling fan off, bless God. That's all I'm going to say there. The reason I say that is this. It, it is amazing to me when I get in marriage mentoring, I'm going to be as honest and as painfully, uh, I'm going to be as sensitive as I can. You know what's amazing? Is I know people that do the most creative things when they're in the middle of an affair and they've never given their wife or their husband the best. And you know Why? Marriage can't keep up with an affair. You can't compete. You're not paying bills. You're not worrying about debt. You're not cleaning dirty underwear. You're not, listen, it is a complete farce. It is a complete lie. It is not that good. I promise you it's not. You wait till you start paying her bills, paying his bills, looking at his dirty underwear, listen to him pass wind all night. I promise you it is not as good. You can't compete with it. So don't think it's that much better. Don't think, oh, I bet if I was with her. That is a bunch of bull. It's a lie. 
So what you have to do, train your time now for greatness, for great relationship. Mark your time. And if you can't get the five-star, if tonight's family restaurant, you can't do that, sometimes you just need the drive-through. Go drive-through. I mean, sometimes it's so important. You just got to have it. It's, you know, it's not fancy either, but it's satisfying. The reality is the menu's been around for years. You already know what's on the menu. You need to order quick. You need to speak clearly because you want to make sure that she heard you say, I'd like fries, not pies. You got to do it quickly. And it's going to be greasy in Jesus' name. Amen? Get some fast food up in this place in Jesus' name. I tell you those categories, and here's why. Because many of you don't communicate your expectations. Just communicate it and have great sex. Have great sex. Let your greatest romance be poured into that. Eat quick, leave satisfied, have five-star, have family restaurant, whatever it is. Communicate it and make time to make out. Last thing is this. Training is important, but train your husband to be sexy. Train him. What do you think sexy is? You think something. I, I, I sit with marriage mentor. I mean, I run people off from our church every week. I'd be like, well, I just don't feel drawn to him. And I was like, well, what if Brad Pitt came in butt naked? Would you get it on with him? And they're like, oh, yes. <laughs> Isn't that weird but true? It's like you have all these weird Here's the thing. Tell your husband what you think is sexy. And husband, be sexy. It, the scriptures all through it, she said, I want to eat here. I want to do this. I want you to look like this. I want to wear this. I want to go out. And one time she even said in the scripture in Song of Solomon chapter 7, she's like, I want to go out in the woods and make out. Tell him. I love making out in the woods. This is the greatest date ever. We went turkey hunt together and then made out. It was awesome. That's a whole other story, and it is awesome. And, and one thing that my wife said to me that was sexy is discipline. She goes, I want you to, now, not when it comes to work, not when it comes to getting up early. She definitely didn't want any more discipline there. I like to wake up, 345. I mean, if you haven't got it done by 7 a.m., what are you doing? That's my mentality. I'm like, after 7 a.m., it should just be fun, relationships, and drawing pictures, and coloring in the Snow White coloring book. I mean, I'm done, ready to rock and roll. My staff, you know, I, I have delayed email, but I don't often delay it. But still, I've got things that, you know, I've got to shoot after 7 o'clock, make phone calls usually at 8, but I want to be done. Usually by noon, my day's over to have a great day with what? My kids go to ball games, this, that, or the other. I love getting, she didn't want any more early discipline. She just wanted physical discipline. So she said, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. She trained me. And I will say to this, right now, 25 years, 25 year and a half years, it's better than ever. Can I, can I ask you this question? When is the last time you had a long romantic kiss with your spouse? I, I remember the first time I kissed Cindy, I had to make a commitment because I was wanting to do the best I could because I just always wanted to take my clothes off every time I saw her. I mean, I, and it was the truth. I mean, I just want to take my pants off. I just wanted to be like, let's just do something dirty right now. I mean, I was just terrible. I needed God's help. And what's sad is I still want to do that. Hallelujah. I do. And I just said to her, though, I was like, I won't touch you physically until God calls me if he ever does to marry you. I mean, I said, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to kiss you. And so for 
two and a half years that I knew her, I never did until I asked her to marry me. And then I kissed her so long that I literally, she had a strawberry on her chin from where I just made out with her forever. Now, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you kissed that long? You know, the scripture even tells us that the Shulamite woman, if you ever forget, and you're old enough to remember Don Shula, just call it the Don Shulamite woman. The Shulamite woman said, here's how I want you to kiss me even. Train them to be sexy. Because here's the other option. You'll shame your husband by telling him no. Well, should I say yes every time? I'm just saying no should be the exception of the rule, sexually, according to the Word of God. Now, I just read the passage. You're like, well, if I said yes, and I already said, why not? Why not? I don't think you're man enough. I'm, I'm throwing it out there again. Try seven days in a row. I bet you don't get to three. I bet night three, you're, I guarantee you're going to be out just like that. Guarantee it. But there's lots of ways, otherwise, you're going to be shaming them. And here's what you shame your husband with. You shame them with your response. You know, the quick rollover. You shame them with the response. You, you not only do that when you say no to your husband, you mess your fellowship up with God when you are regularly saying no to your husband sexually. It's what the Scripture just said, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 4 and 5. It says you are tempting your husband and your wife for spiritual failure. Well, he ought to just have enough self-control. Yeah, that's the reality, but here's the beauty of it. He gave us our spouse. I had someone walk in my office the other day and were like, well, bottom line is my husband just, he's horny all the time, he's just dirty, he just wants to have sex all the time. And I said, well, isn't that a beautiful thing that he wants to? Isn't that great? She goes, no, I just think personally there's times where God should be enough. It just lit me up. I just hate church answers. I love the church, but I just hate churchy stuff. I just get sick of churchy stuff. I get sick of it. And I just looked at her and I said, well, you know what? In the, in the garden, God wasn't enough. Oh, and she got, she's ready to just heretic me right in the face. I said, do you remember it says that Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, every day. Every day he walked with God. Every single day. If you know that passage of Scripture, are you with me on that? In Genesis chapter 2, it says, every day he walked with God in the cool of the day. But then what did God say? He, he looked at him while he's with God. Mrs. Spiritual Pants. <laughs> every day walked with God. You know what God said to him? He said, I'm not enough. It's not good. Oh, come on, somebody. It's not good for man to be alone. Don't go all spiritual on me, spiritual pants. Mrs. I know everything. God made my wife to meet my needs in a way while here on earth that God, that God wanted to be met. Meet his needs. Meet her needs. Make sure you understand. Don't pull some God card out about self-control this and Be the person that is helping them and don't mess up your fellowship with God by rejecting your spouse. It used to weird me out whenever my wife would say things like, you know, I'm just too tired. And then her mom would call and she'd be like, oh, and she'd talk for hours to her mom and she was so tired and wouldn't even get it on with me. 
I was like, what's your mom talking about? I was like, I guess I'm going to get a recipe book out. Look at these recipes, and I'm naked both. And she talked to her mom. Oh, we're going to have Christmas. It's March. Why are we talking about Christmas? My God, Jesus, Lord, help me. It's amazing. They got all this energy. They clean the whole house. They're too tired to get naked. It don't take me long. 11 seconds, I'm done. It's the best 11 seconds of my life. What do you think we got to do? Write a book? I don't need to write a book. Go talk to your mom later. The other thing you do in closing is this. You invite temptation on your husband or your wife. You want that? Well, it ain't my fault. Is it? I ask couples that all the time. Are you giving it to your wife? Are you meeting his or her spirit? Well, you know, it's just that. Then why'd you set him up to fail? Why, Why are you expecting your husband to not commit adultery? You just pushed him out there. You say, well, it's not really my fault. Let me just say it again. The two become, I'm going to say it again. You don't want responsibility for your spouse. Then you don't love the word of God. The two become, come on. The two become, and the, and the truth is this. You look at your spouse, and when, I was, when my uh, kids were young, we used to play a game called Don't Hit Yourself. This is for DHS, and we, I mean, we could do this stuff. We could send our kids to school with bruises. It's no big deal. They're like, yeah, you got your butt whooped, and you need it, kid. You know what I mean? The good old days. And uh, my, uh, we take, I take KJ's hand, and I would just grab a hold of his wrist, and I'd just punch him in the face with his own hand. You know what I mean? It's just like, and he's like, Dad. I was like, quit hitting yourself, son. What are you doing? You know, just keep hitting him. And he's like, what are you doing? Quit, Dad. And I was like, quit hitting him. And that's all you're doing when you're trying to say that you're not responsible for your spouse's adultery. You're just hitting yourself. Because he is you. Well, not really. Really? You're going to question the word of God? You're going to try to create a dichotomy of his and her? You're the same person. You're the same person. And you love yourself. Take care of them. And there's so many ways that you and I can take care and meet the needs of ourselves. Body image, raised endorphins, which I just encourage you. We already talked about it. Exercise, some people are like, well, I don't have to. I'm just telling you right now, 30 minutes of exercise. I believe it's biblical. I believe the Word of God teaches it. I believe you need to be a part of it. Well, my knee, my back, there's all kinds of things you can do. Just quit making excuses. You're going to set yourself up to fail anyway. Every day, 30 minutes of exercise. And now Cindy and I do it together. You're like, oh, here's the thing. The Word of God says it. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't have time to preach this message, but I'm telling you something right now. If you want a revelatory truth, read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and here's what the Scripture says. The Scripture, so I, I don't go King James because every once in a while I just like going King James. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves. You already know what it says. What? A living sacrifice, holy and pleasing or acceptable. This is your, go, oh, come on, King Jamesers. This is your reasonable. I'm going to use a little bit of the inflection of the original language. This will be the voice of the past participle. It's this reasonable. You know, I mean, in other words, it's sarcastic going, at least you could take care of your body to worship me. How many of you love the Bible again? Raise your hand. Here's the thing. You make up crap that isn't true. I don't got to exercise to love the Lord. Where'd you make that up? Your body is a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is the least you can do. Reasonable. 
That's the voice in the original Greek. You love that, right? It's a past participle in the language. You can break it into three words. It means sarcastically, that's the least you can do. Take care of what I have to house God Almighty in. Take care of it. Take care of it. Some of you spend more time worried about the paint here or there. Take care of your own paint. Take care of it. Why? Your spouse deserves it. And God Almighty deserves it. And then he goes in verse number two. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the what? The renewing of your what? Okay, don't expect a renewed mind until you get your body right to bring him just, oh, that's the least you can do is take care of your body to worship him. Then it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your, come on, say mind with me, by the renewing of your See, until you change your body, until you step there, you're never going to believe that you can go there. A lot of people want this Jesus change. When you can't, Listen, you're not going to have a quiet time until you get up with your body and read the Bible. Somebody's wanting, oh, and this levitation and a halo to come over your head and the Bible to open, and you're like, I love it. I don't love the Bible every day. I don't feel in love with my wife every day. I don't feel like reading. I don't even feel like going to church some days, and I'm the dad-blasted preacher. <laughs> you know what gets me there? My body. I choose to go there. It's the least I can do, and then my mind's transformed, and then it says, then you will know and be able to test and approve what God's, God's will is his perfect and pleasing will, that spirit. And if you want to know the spirit of God and decisions for your life, you got to get your body right. Then your mind changes. Then you're like, oh, that's the best decision I ever made. But you don't take care of your body, so you don't know jack squat about your mind, and then you don't know jack squat about the will of God, which just happens to be the perfect and pleasing decision for your life or your marriage. Now, no one wants the word of God. We just want Dr. Ruth or Dr. Oz. Dr. Ruth, how old am I? Dr. Oz. <laughs> We just want whoever, Oprah, Ellen, this, that, or the other, stay with the truth. It'll change your life. Take care of your body. Get your endorphins up. Work out 30 minutes every day. I don't have time. You have time to do whatever the crap you want. 30 minutes every day. My wife and I, I love. She wears yoga pants. I follow. You can laugh all you want. She put those on. You're going to the gym. I don't care if you're not. I'm following you wherever you go. I get in the class. They're stretching. I'm right behind her going, mm-hmm, glory to God. Yes, Jesus. Oh, yoga, yoga. I don't even know what yoga is. I never even do the workout. I just looking at her butt the whole time until the teacher asked me to leave. Uh, there's other classes for you. It's called swoliosis for the weirdos. No, I do, and I love working out with her. And I love, you know what it's done? It's made our marriage better. It's made our communication better. We talk deeper. We think more. This, you got 30 minutes. You got, well, we got kids. Work out at home. It's called Hotel Wads on Instagram. W-O-D-S, Hotel Wads. In other words, you can buy two or three pieces of equipment every morning on Instagram, they give you a workout. Hotel Wads. Why aren't you writing that down? Do it in your room. Can you do, how many can do a push-up? How many can do a sit-up? How many can sit up in your bed? Do that 10 times. Do something. Endorphins, then it's going to overcome moving you past depression. I want to challenge you. Ask yourself, get a real diagnosis, move past depression. God's going to move you. Energy level's going to increase. You're going to have greater teamwork. Long story short, you need to have great sex. Men, do you want to have more sex? Raise your hand if you'd like to have sex regularly in your marriage, man. Raise your hand. It's time to get some stone cologne. Thanks for joining us today on the Married at Life podcast. That was Pastor Shannon O'Dell who was just speaking. 
Uh, we had two of his sessions up, so in case you missed the first session, you can go back and listen to that. This was from our Married Life Conference, and we also have sessions up from Mike and Julie Signorelli, uh, one from Chrissy and myself, and we have two more sessions coming up over the next few weeks, so definitely stay tuned for those. And if you guys would do us a favor, go to Instagram and follow us, because we are posting stuff there every day, whether it's a video, whether it's a quote, whether it's something inspirational to help your marriage be better than it was yesterday. That is our goal, just to get better every single day. And we want to help you with that. We love you. We're so glad that you were able to join us today. And we'll see you next time right here on The Married Life.